Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. To start off this week, we are excited to present our conversation with Geo Parsons, the writer and ultimate creator of Willy's Wonderland. After that, you'll hear the regularly scheduled podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. We are joined by a very special guest tonight, G.O. Parsons, the writer, and more importantly, the creator of Willie's Wonderland. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me so much. <laughs> Thanks for coming. We're very happy to have you. Of course, we have a ton of questions, as we were just talking about a little bit before we jumped on. Um, we are fans of the film and excited to to chat about it. But one of the things that we always start off with is, Joe, how did you get into film? Yeah, well, uh, let's see. In high school, I would always be making little movies with uh, Sony camcorder <laughs> on the high eight digital tapes. And this is like before uh, Final Cut Pro or any sort of editing software. <laughs> so what I had to do was like shoot the movie in my head and then shoot it like physically. So I'd, I'd take the handy cam, I'd hit record, I'd shoot a scene. Like I'd be the only actor in it, you know, doing my lines and then I'd hit stop and then I'd turn the camera around and then hit record again. And so I'm editing while I'm going. And I used to do movies like that uh, throughout high school. So this is in like 99 to two, you know, 2000 is when I got the camcorder. <laughs> and then my friends got involved. We started doing little short movies. Um, eventually Final Cut Pro did come out, I think in like 2000 or right around that time. And that's when I started like editing those movies. And I would always uh, like interrupt my high school classes to like show the films that i had done so <laughs> i would bring a vhs or my camcorder in i'd hook it up to the big box tv i'd make everybody watch that stuff so that's kind of where like the the love of film started uh, back then doing those those short movies that's great i, I feel like you kind of know at that point if you're diving into making your own films in high school you know that's the career you want right <laughs> it is yeah it's something that you kind of you want to go after and you don't realize like when you go for it, the kind of battle it's going to be to get your first one made here, we're talking like in 2021 and this was, you know, 1999 when right. I started doing this stuff, you know, it's, it was, it's definitely a, it's a battle. Very good. So Gio, we, we uh, mentioned off mic how much we absolutely loved Willie's Wonderland. Um, and we really loved how like, you know, there's so many things to love about it, but uh, one of them is just how nutty it is um, and uh, <laughs> how it's just such a nutty movie. So what was the inspiration for it? Where did this come about? Yeah, so I, I told you guys I'd done, done those short films and then I transitioned into doing more theater, um, just plays. It was uh, easier for me to get an audience doing plays and I could uh, run out theaters. So I was doing a bunch of plays um, and eventually after one of the plays, a friend was like, hey, keep doing these. They're good showcases for you or for your acting, for your, your writing, but like you're going to have to write a movie to get anywhere. And so the inspiration was more desperation. It was like, I got to, I got to figure out a way to just uh, dig out of this theater rut and get into more of a, a movie rut. <laughs> and so I uh, decided to come up with like an idea for a movie, which was just as simple as possible. Like just do a horror movie, keep it in one place, um, keep it as cheap as possible. Cause I thought I was going to have to do all the filming myself, like, <laughs> like the high school days pretty much. And 
I then thought like the best thing to do would be to do the ultimate B movie because I love watching those B horror movies. They're like my favorite things. My cousins and I always get on the movie channel and like the search through Netflix or Hulu or the, the different apps to find like the worst movie we've never heard of and then just adore watching it. So number one, I wanted to take that formula and then do the best one I absolutely could like genetically engineered to be awesome and then have uh the twist be that the villains whoever they were at the time just pick the wrong person to mess with <laughs> like from the very get-go of the movie like there's not a very like it doesn't it there is like if you guys seen it, it doesn't like it's right out the gate he's just wailing on the thing so that's what i kind of wanted i wanted i always watch those movies like uh, freddy krueger and jason and mike myers and like why don't they just punch the guy once? Like just what if he just caught him like, you know, before he put the knife into her chest, boom, and knocked him out. Like what kind of movie would that be? So that was kind of the inspiration. And then it was more like, uh, okay, well keep it in one place. So I thought, well, what could be an interesting place? Like a family fun center would be cool. And then I didn't like the idea of like a dude just, pounding human beings that wouldn't be like necessarily funny it needed to be something that we could all laugh at and i remember two things um ellen does these uh, easter bunny videos like where they're like super tear like you see the kids and they're screaming because the easter bunnies look so horrifying so i was like it'd be funny to beat those easter bunnies up and then i was thinking like i went to this place called boomtown where they had animatronics like chuck e cheese and stuff like that and i was like okay well let's put this all together so all that went into the the soup and then that's where i created willie's from you have officially ruined Chuck E. Cheese for a generation. I know they went out of business because of me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the exact reason. Yes, there was nothing yeah, else exactly. going on. Exactly, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just you mentioned um, you mentioned the main character that shouldn't be messed with, um, and just perfectly named janitor. As I saw that in the uh, the credits, I loved it. Um, this is played by um, this up and coming actor, Nicholas Cage. Um, <laughs> hoping he's uh, you know we're hoping great things for him what was it like to have Nicolas Cage all of a sudden drop into this role that you know you're you're caring for this movie you have this great screenplay and you've deconstructed it beautifully what was it like to have someone like Nicolas Cage be playing that lead role yeah I mean it doesn't feel real I guess this is what I'd say you know it's still it's, I, it doesn't feel real it didn't feel real when he was reading the script and it didn't feel real when he said yes or when I watched it it just seems like some weird dream um here's the thing about Nicolas Cage like there could you know what he's the kind of dude in high school when I was doing those Sony hand, hand handicam movies myself he would have been the guy that came over to my house with me and was doing the role opposite you know like he's the kind of guy that would have just absolutely adored doing that and he's somebody that like puts his heart into his soul into everything that he does and that's why it was so cool to have him like you think about this it's like Willie's Wonderland didn't go through a casting process of a thousand people looking for the janitor. I mean, it literally just went to him and he said yes. And that was it. <laughs> so like, it's, I mean, that was like, it doesn't get much awesomer than that. And to have, to have him be, I mean, like, look, it's it, it, people don't understand. They think like I just like d drove a dump truck of money to his house and said, you're the janitor and you don't get to do any lines or any of that kind of stuff. It never happened that way. Like he was the guy who protected the script from like day one. This oh, wow. is the guy that like because we go through you think about this movie. 
taking it to different financers or trying to find money to, to raise again to to make the movie but they're looking at it and they're like well then none of this stuff makes any sense at all like this movie cannot be made and nick was the guy that was cool enough to be like nope it's going to be made exactly how it's done and believe me it's going to work like he was such a partner in the whole entire thing. So not only is he the best janitor there could ever be, but there could not be like a better producer for the movie. He was so cool. That's incredible. That's such a great story to hear too. Um, was there ever any thought to adding lines when someone like Nick Cage jumps on, or was that always something you were, you were, you know, sticking with? When I had first written it for myself, I had a line in there when he battles like Willie at the end of the movie where he takes his Willy's Wonderland shirt and he just like rips it off and he's just jacked as could be. And he goes like, come at me, bro. <laughs> like, I had that in there to start and I really loved it. But then, you know what? It's like, I, I read it a thousand times over the course of me trying to like get the movie made and I'd started to hate it. And so I just got rid of it before it went to Nick Cage. And so by the time it was sent to him, there was no lines in there. And I had a conversation just with everybody. We all had a talk of like, should the janitor have like an ultimate line at the end of it? Um, but ultimately, uh, Nicholas Cage said, no, he's like, the janitor should only speak when he needs to talk. He doesn't need to talk. So the answer is no. All right. We stuck yeah. with him. And that's one of the really neat things, I think, is because you're expecting that there's going to be that big line at the end. You know, he's it's Nick Cage. He's going to say something. And when the movie ends and you realize, oh, no, he didn't say a word. <laughs> it was just such a great realization. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it. Like, what, what's he going to say throughout the whole movie? Like, if I had to go back and rewrite it and give him lines, like, this place is haunted, Mr. Janitor. Oh, it is? Oh, my gosh. You know, like, like. What could he talk about? He's nothing to say to anybody. So <laughs> it's like, okay, it's all good. There's, there's this point where he grunted and like just before he grunts, I, uh, cause he's talking to the other um, teenagers and just before he grunts, I'm like, he's going to say something. Oh, no, no, he's not going to say anything. <laughs> I did write in the script. He like grunts, sighs and rolls his eyes a lot. <laughs> I love the scene where like he cleans the whole bathroom and then he walks in. And in the bathroom, it says, like, it's your birthday written in blood on the mirror. And the, the the gorilla starts talking trash to him. And he just takes his rag and he just, like, throws it down. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh, I love that. After, after he spritzes and cleans up the blood, he <laughs> throws it. A man who is focused. We're going to um, take a little deviation here because I have a question about the whole you know, when he's in the kitchen, pretty much after he kills each each of them, and he goes in the kitchen and he's playing pinball, and the pinball gets a little more, uh, what's the word? He gets a little more excited about pinball as the film goes on. Um, what was what was that all about, that whole focus? Yeah, so it, it's, it's a weird story how all that stuff happened. I met Nick Cage 20 years ago playing pinball in West or not pinball playing virtual tennis in Westwood. Um, it was like, we go to arcades and with, so when I was in college at UCLA, there was an arcade in Westwood. So I'd, I'd go there with my friends and you'd play the different games. You put the quarters in and with virtual tennis, if you won, you stayed on and the loser had to put in 50 cents or the next person up put in 50 cents. And it was like a Friday night, you know, prime time I'm playing. I won and Nicholas cage comes up. He's next. Right. And it's like, 
whoa, he had taken his son there to play games, but here he was like, and I'm, and this is like 2001. So Nick Cage had just been like the star of the nineties. And here I am. Should I beat him at Nick virtual tennis? Like he sucks. Like I can take this guy, (laughs) you know? And anyway, I, I end up beating him or whatever. And I remember, I just put that in the story just before I even knew he was going to be in there that the janitor is playing arcade games and just, just to kind of relax and to have fun. And I always kind of remembered playing with Nicholas Cage and how much fun that was. But uh, just to save money on the budget, we decided to, instead of him playing Pac-Man in the different games, we just made him play uh, the pinball machine named after Willie's and the, the more he played, the better he got at it until he eventually won. And that's kind of like what we put in for the breaks, which was an ad by Kevin that, that I thought was pretty brilliant and uh, ended up, you know, being like an iconic part of the film. Yeah, it was really cool. Let me ask uh, too, when we're looking at the characters, I think that today you expect a lot of uh, characters like, you know, Willie and the rest of the crew are going to be, uh cgi'd and you know i know i know budget has a lot to do with that but i also do think there's an authenticity that comes with the puppetry and you know the suits that we saw um was that always something that you had intended or wanted yeah yeah when when kevin came aboard to direct the movie one of the conversations that we had from the get-go was whatever budget that we have has to be put into the animatronics because they have to look awesome. Like if, if they look just like a guy in a suit um, with his underwear hanging out you can kind of see his elbows and things like, it's not going to be cool. Like we have to figure out a way to make the the greatest, like evilest animatronic characters that we can. Um, So that was always a big deal. And then as far as the CGI goes, it, it would just look like for the budget that we had, any CGI would look way too cornball. It would have killed the whole movie. So we tried to um, take as much of that out as possible. There's a little bit in there, like the Aussie fight. You can kind of see it because um, we had to remove the puppeteer and move his neck and stuff like that. But for the <laughs> most part, we wanted it to be completely practical. Oh, and everybody on board as far as like the animatronics was cool, except Ozzy was such a headache because, because of all the, the, the removing the puppeteers and stuff we had to do like that. I'd say they, they hate that character, but the other seven were just people in suits and that was good. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I have to wonder with this, um, there, there are so many tiny little things that I truly loved in this movie that were just hysterical. And uh, I got to wonder what was on the page and what was on screen. So is there any, were there any Im- improvisations made? Was there any interesting character choices? One of the small ones I can think of is him consistently uh, changing his shirt uh, so that he was wearing a clean one. And I love that it like made for this dutiful janitor that like made sure he had to have his uniform clean the whole time. And it was just probably one of the funniest things. But was there anything like that that was just like, you know, not on the page, but on the screen? Nicholas Cage's dance when he wins the pinball game was definitely added. Like that was that was that was him. Um, so he, he added that one for sure. Uh, we always had the t-shirts in there, but, or we, I had, I had the t-shirt in there, but you know what, when, um, what wasn't in there that was added, which is brilliant is like the animatronic gore, like when they cut off, uh, when they curb stomp Gus and stuff and you you know, the oil goes everywhere. There wasn't much animatronic, there's zero animatronic gore in my original script. So when that was added, it made sense that he changes his t-shirt one just for, um, 
uh, what's it continuity purposes because it would be hard to match up all the blood and guts and stuff everywhere. So that was that was another good ad. Um, the so the the gore ad, the pinball ad that I already mentioned as far as it changing from arcade games and stuff to the pinball machine, and then Nicolas Cage's dance. I think those are the three biggest ads from um, from what was on the page. And isn't it true that the Willie shirts sold out a few weeks ago? Yeah, so the Willie shirts sold out number one Thursday night on two, uh, February eleventh because the movie started out in uh, in Europe at midnight and then it m- m- moved its way towards the East Coast and they released it a little earlier than I thought it was going to be released. So it was like seven o'clock at night on 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 Thursdays when I, when you could download it. And then I got on to like, get my mom a shirt at like uh, nine o'clock and i looked and they're all sold out. And I was like, this is insane. I'm like, every size is sold out. Yeah. And then they did another order of shirts and those are all sold out. So like, it's, it's been cool. It's been really cool. Just how many people want to get shirts and are, are want to be the janitor. And, and, and I know people are buying two of them because they want a clean one. And then they want one that they can throw a bunch of blood and oil and stuff on, which I actually think is like the better way to go. You know, just see somebody walking through an airport, just covered in motor oil and blood with a Willie's Wonderland shirt on. Just give them a nod. That's awesome. Airport might be a, a touch and go one. I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, they might get sent to security. Yeah, get this guy out of here. We shamefully well, were going to ask you for shirts, um, but if you can't get one for your mom, then I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to impose. I have one small left, and I tried to put it on myself to see what it looked like, and uh, no, it did not work. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get more. No, we'll get you some more. Yeah, we'll get everybody shirts. It's just it, like literally, it's just been an over. I, I again, I'm, I have my my one shirt. That's it, and I have the small that was sent to me. I have that's it. Yeah, we it was funny. We were online earlier this week looking at them, and of course, the official website has them. But uh, there's some, I guess, you know, of course, like Etsy and stuff starts making yeah. their own. And I'm like, no, we're sticking with the main site. <laughs> That's where <laughs> yeah, we're going. Like, I've looked at that, like Etsy and Redbubble, and there is a whole underground community of people just creating their own Woe's Wonderland merchandise. It's just, it's, it's wild. Uh, my brother-in-law got his own Willie's Wonderland VHS tape that somebody had like Whoa. illegally made. <laughs> so I think that, it's awesome. You know, cool. Very cool. On that note, what are, do you plan or do you know if there's plans for a Blu-ray release? Yeah. So Blu-ray is going to come out, uh, 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 April 13th. Um, so, and, and I, it's going to be at all the major chains, um, Walmart target, uh, Amazon has it for pre-order right now. If anybody's listening, they want to get a, a Blu-ray pre-order. It's, it's, it's already up there. And then, um, I know that they're working on kind of more merch stuff, some toy things, things like that. They're trying to, trying to get it off the ground. I, a lot of people ask me, Hey, why is not there more stuff? And I say to them, you know, like, I, I, Nobody really expected it. Maybe we wanted it, but we didn't expect it. And at the time, more so, more important than the t-shirts or the merchandise or anything like that was actually getting the movie made and sure. it had been shot and out. And so it's been like a whole uh, process just to make that happen during the pandemic. Uh, you know, it's weird editing. A movie goes from like, everybody can get into the room and look at the uh look at the cut and give notes on the stuff to all of a sudden everybody's by themselves like we are right now in our own uh, different apartments having to watch one at a time it just takes a lot longer than normal yeah that makes sense that definitely makes sense so we talked about uh or you talked about um all of the b movies you used to uh 
um, love to watch. Now, let's we could get a B movie recommendation or what B movie was the most that influenced Willy's Wonderland or the most similar, a good um, double feature with Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, I'd say it's probably Jack Frost, that one where the 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 snowman or the serial killer becomes a snowman and starts wasting people in town. Like I love that movie. That's a that's a great one to do with Willie's Wonderland. You know what? The other one I'll say that influenced Willie's Wonderland that people don't realize, uh, sort of, is this movie called Bad Ben. Have you guys ever heard of that? That Nigel Bach did. Okay, no. Bad. Let me tell you what Bad Ben is real quick. Uh, Bad Ben is a movie that was made by one man. That's it. Just one guy. His name uh, is Nigel Bach. And he makes this. What happened is he makes this movie. He plans to do a movie with his friends in New Jersey. And the day that they're supposed to shoot it, all his friends bail on him and flake out. So he just goes, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. And he just uses his cell phone and then like security cameras at his house to make this whole movie. And in the movie, his house is haunted and he's just there by himself the whole time. But he he, like it's so funny because he consistently gets in fights with all the ghosts. Like the ghost (laughs) will like pull a like the ghost will move a chair like across the room and he'll go and he'll pick up the chair angrily and like move it back into its position and then the ghost will move the chair again and it'll be like stop it <laughs> and so that was that influenced me because this guy who's doing the movie and it again it was made for like 200 bucks it is on amazon prime because he just put it up there you can watch it it's just him like literally getting into petty fights with the ghost and i thought that was pretty funny too it's very much like the janitor just not a badass he's just more of a complainer <laughs> and i'm also so you can, seeing you can though toss that one in there I'm seeing, I just did a quick search for it. And one of them is bad Ben six, the way in. Yeah, dude. Oh, the way, the way in's a good one. Listen, I've seen all the bad Ben's. <laughs> believe me. It's awesome. And I think he just did bad Ben pandemic. Hey man, like I, I give it up to that dude yeah, because like, he, you know, everybody flaked on him and he was just like, I'm just going to do it myself. And literally we're now seven films in and he's doing bad Ben pandemic. Good for him. <laughs> so man. Funny. That's great. Well, I guess on that note, what are your number one how has the reaction been is it as you expected you know where are we at with that and then number two do you see follow-ups potentially in the future yeah i think the reaction has been awesome better than expected you know there's i i, I see um a lot of people just like, like just the regular moviegoer i'd say just the general fan gives it high marks they either give it like nine or ten stars or one star and so if it's getting nine or ten stars or one stars then i think we we're, you know we did it right you know what i mean like if it was hitting consistently five ah oh, i screwed up <laughs> but ten or one is perfect um so i think the fan reaction and just the reaction from people that like i i do get to, uh, uh Twitters and Instagram messages all the time saying, Oh, it's my favorite movie. Oh, my family and I watched it. We loved it and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's really, it's really cool that everybody kind of got it. Um, There's, there's a chance that people would watch that thing and just not get it. And I'd be run out in a rail, but I think everybody got it. Um, So that's been really cool. As far as the sequel goes. Yeah, there's definitely possibilities. It's just a matter of like all the I's getting dotted and the T's getting crossed. And uh, it's certainly possible. I think everybody that's involved with the movie, including, you know, Nick in some ways want to, you know, revisit the character, but it's just, a, you know, it's a matter of a lot of steps that have to be taken to make that happen. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm down. Kevin's down. Everybody's down. So, And I, I, this is probably a dumb question, but I'm sure you have ideas of where you'd want to go. 
Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. One of the things that I've been thinking about is just like, how do you do it? You know what I mean? There's like, how do you tell the same joke twice, but make it fresh? Um, do you take the janitor on a new adventure where he has to deal with a new ghost? Well, that would be kind of fun, but you have to kind of pay service to Willie and his crew because there's a lot of fans out there that want to see the animatronics back in action and get revenge. Um, those are all things that I've been thinking about. It's like, it's like, how do you do it correctly? And I think that if we couldn't figure it out, then we wouldn't do it, but it's just a matter of like, I literally have like a list of like 20 (laughs) ideas of where he could, he could do stuff. You know, it's all kind of just the, which is the right one. I don't know. Do you like a build a bear workshop? And one of the options is a willy bear or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Then those all come to light. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Could you just see him like ripping like little bears or whatever? (laughs) That's a great idea. Wiping stuffing (laughs) off the shirt so that he has to put the next one on, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's great. Well, Gio, what what else is next for you? Are you working on any other projects or anything that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I had done a I had done a bunch of I had written a bunch of stuff uh, during and prior and uh, after I had finished the Willy's Wonderland script, I had just written a bunch of other stuff. So right now, I'm trying to get uh, a book off the ground. Uh, I'm trying to get that published, so that'll be fun. It's called Subway Dwellers versus Barnyard Oddities, and it's uh, those two uh, unique groups battling for the soul of the universe. So that should be kind of fun. Awesome. I wrote a movie about. Um, a treasure hunt in a haunted house. I'm trying to get that made. And so it's just like, you know, it's like one project after the next. I think that anybody's out there that's uh, inspiring to make movies and stuff. I think that don't quit at one, you know, yeah. write, write your movie and then write your next movie and then write your third movie after that and keep writing them and have like a, a sack of movies that you can um, deliver when called upon because um, yeah, just like you just asked me right now, if I just said, ah, nothing, yeah. <laughs> just you guys out. got anything? Yeah. <laughs> See you, bud. May I suggest Nicolas Cage in the treasure hunt within the, oh yeah, house. I tried. I pitched it to him already. <laughs> Who's the first guy I called? You know? yeah, right. <laughs> Sean, any other questions? Oh boy. Um, I guess I, the, the one I like to always ask, um, is, um, what did you just recently watch that's amazing? You know, what was the most recent watch that you absolutely loved? Um, can you guys still hear me? Because I'm looking at myself and I am yeah. frozen solid. Okay, we can hear you solidly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well, I don't know what's going on. This is an attractive shot of me. I'm <laughs> you look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What did I watch recently that I had um, a really good time with? Um, I I Well... Uh, I'm just looking over at Almoya. Did we watch anything good recently? <laughs> oh, she's like, we watched, we watched Trading Places because uh, okay. she had never, we watched Coming to America and then Coming to America 2. And my wife, Amalia, was like, who are the bums in it? I don't understand. You know, and I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, you've never seen that movie. Well, we got to watch that. So that was the most recent one that we watched the other night. So you've watched go. every film in the universe then? That's the, oh, the yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. We finally hit number 158,000. It's got to be more than that. How many are there? Jeez, I, that's a good question to ask. Like, how many films exist in human history? It's got to be like, in the Jeez, movies. yeah, it's got to be crazy. Um, how many good songs exist that are comparable to the birthday song or Willie's Jingle? <laughs> you know, I thought and I found out pre- previously, I guess birthday song is not, um, 
it's not copyrighted anymore, but at the time I thought it was. So that's where I was just like, okay, I'll come up with a different birthday song. And literally I came up with that song in about four seconds. <laughs> it's your birthday. We want you to have fun. It's your birthday. So let's party everyone. Okay, good. Matt, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the lyrics right now and it's just, how old are you today? Everyone at Willie's is holding you to stay. It's kind of, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So, oh. you know, that that's the thing. Actually, uh, this guy, M.Y., he came up with uh, the melody and all that, the lyrics and that cool 80s tune that's in it. Mm -hmm. Give it up to that guy for for putting on such an awesome uh, soundtrack to go with everything. Yeah. That was really cool. So, Gio, books, movies, acting, theater, songwriting, man of many talents. We look forward to uh, seeing what you have coming next and definitely appreciate your time tonight. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you guys. Sounds great. Thank we'll you, talk Joe. to you soon. Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. This is episode 37. Sean, how was that conversation with Gio? That was so amazing. Like, he is just like this authentic, really cool guy. Like, I really enjoyed listening to him. And, you know, it just made me love uh, Willie's Wonderland all the more. It really also kind of inspires you to like, if you have an idea, right, just go for it. Because that's, I mean, Gio just told us about Willie's number one, but then also the idea or the script for a treasure hunt in a haunted house, plus the book that he's working on, which are all just like crazy fun ideas. And he's like, yep, going for it. <laughs> like, yeah. Good for him. He just really seems like someone who is doing it and doing it with a passion and all that stuff. But he is just going to be like, you know, just do it right now. Start working on it and then sort of like, you know, edit it along the way. But get it done, because otherwise, if you question yourself, it's yeah. just not going to work out. It's so true. And I am going to pre-order Willie's Wonderland tonight on uh, Blu-ray. So that's definitely going to be happening just so everyone's I'm aware. refreshing for a T-shirt. I really, you know, I, I just need that T-shirt so bad. <laughs> All right, let's get into our top picks of the week. Um, we agree on one of them and do not agree at all on the other one. Uh, my first one is Boss Level. This is the Frank Grillo starring uh, Palm Springs-esque time loop film. It also stars Mel Gibson, still getting work. Um, but this is kind of the time of Frank Grillo, by the way, because not only do we have this last week on Hulu, but Cosmic Sin with him and Bruce uh, Willis is coming out this week. Uh, so he, good for him. He's got some crazy movies going on. But Boss Level was exactly what you expected it to be. I described it in my review sort of as uh, he kills a lot of people and dies in a lot of different ways. That's essentially the movie. And I had fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I saw people were kind of going crazy with their reviews. I don't know that I would go that high. Did I have as fun with it as I did with Willy's Wonderland? No. Willy's Wonderland from beginning to end, I was just invested in having a blast. Um, this one, you know, some parts I could have done without, but it was fine. Um, Sean, you had a different experience. It was fun for me as well, but it was sort of kind of desperately trying to be like really cool, really fun and really silly to a point where Willie's Wonderland didn't try. It's just like, oh, this is just nuts. Like, <laughs> but that, you know, they kind of wanted to keep on saying, isn't this crazy throughout all of boss level. And it started to get a little bit repetitive. I thought, um, uh, the uh, performances were pretty tough. Um, uh, Frank Grillo, it doesn't work as a lead. I, you know, you know, he can beat me up like he can beat me to a pulp. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, like if he wanted to go that route, he could. But I, I, it really was just something where you just dislike him immediately and don't like him 
the whole time. And yeah. I, you know, then when they try to get you to like him, it's like, no, I'm not really buying this. And it was just a really tough one because I, these are the movies I root for. This is the kind of movie I would love. I mean, I especially love time loop movies, but yeah. um, th- this one, like, especially it's like, Oh, you could be fun with its action. And that's where it like stops for me. But um, I really, I, I wish it could have been uh, better, but uh, I, it, it it actively wanted me to dislike it at points it felt like it was like i don't know why like i'm taking this movie personal for some reason but it's like it seemed like it just didn't want me to like it i honestly um would love a boss level and palm springs crossover <laughs> i mean that would be great like get those characters in this uh situation yes that would be hilarious um what did you watch that you enjoyed I watched quite a bit, but uh, nothing, nothing compares to uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, um, which we so talked, we talked a little bit uh, last, uh, you know, about it because you uh, just uh, just saw it and you were sort of saying, yeah, but it's pretty much on the level of Buana and, you know, maybe it's better. And I did a little scoff eye roll and now I might actually be on your side with this one. Mm-hmm. This one really like the animation is remarkable it's it's the best animation that i've seen from the new line of disney animation and possibly even more because the the backgrounds the backgrounds are unbelievable and that's not what people really notice most of the time but they're unbelievable um the way they design the dragon is so good um i forget uh aquafina's dragon's character's name i think like sinu um and Oh, oh, wow. I totally guessed on that. Um, and um, the way they have her is not like, you know, full blown like dragon, full blown, like, you know, like realistic hair or anything like that. They sort of design her like a it's weird to say this, but like a Jim Henson Muppet character where she's sort of just realistically in there and out and she could poke her head in and out. Um, Sisu, and I mean, Sisu is the name, by the way. Sisu. Sisu? Damn, I was off by one. Um, and uh, I the most impressive thing was probably the way that action was animated and how when they fought hand to hand combat, you, you felt the blows like they, like you really, it was almost visceral. I'm like, you know, it wasn't violent really, but it was like, this is a Disney movie. Like, yeah. like this is pretty intense. Oh man. I loved it. I loved every minute. It was so good. I mean, I think anytime that Disney releases a movie, I get really nervous because I'm like, Oh, is this going to be the same old, same old. And, you know, in terms of sort of what you're going to see happening, in a Disney movie like this, like you, you know, the trajectory, you basically know where you're going. Right. But everything else is new. And Raya just takes that. And I think really delivers one of the best movies in a while. Disney movies in a while. I've thought about it and I really, um, I, I want there. I mean, first of all, there was so much franchise, which isn't, you know, that's Disney, whatever. Like there's so much, like, you know, just so much stuff they could do. Um, but what I really want is that sword. And then I realized that would be a terrible thing to give kids is the sword that launches off into like a oh, giant so rope. Cool. It was so cool, but it would probably hurt a lot of children, but <laughs> like, they need to give, they need to get that for like adults only. Like, please. <laughs> it was really cool too. When they ran the, um, the credits, the very first credit on there is Dan. I'm going to forget his last name, but um, I spoke to Dan last year during the film festival and he had done the short animated film with uh, uh, Nina West, uh, the RuPaul's drag race drag queen from Columbus. And it was just so cool to like see him on there because he's just such a great guy to chat with. And um, you know, they, he had alluded to at that point that they were working from home. I mean, this was in August, right? And if you stick around with the credits for Raya long enough, there's a little blurb at the end of them that talks about how like this was the first film that had to be completed. And I think it says 400 different households or something. Wow. And it's just, it's so incredible to me. 
but that's nuts i can't believe that and oh man that's that's like kind of crazy <laughs> like that it's to not- do that animation like you're all very far apart and like we have trouble with zoom meetings but oh god <laughs> will it be nominated for best animated feature for the oscars um i mean a year from now yes oh you know that's tricky because it's a Is year from still now. the window no the window ended at the end of february oh yeah that's stupid <laughs> like, well, it, but it, if you're but onward's been in the, uh, the awards mix because that was 2020 it's that that onward believe it or not was still in 2020 no no no. i totally but that was early 2020 i mean that was may oh think, right? you're saying yeah so yeah that, um yeah pretty much it was literally the last movie i saw in theaters so it was early march when march, even February. yeah um, I mean, and that, you know, there could be a few reasons for that. It could be because, you know, there were less animated movies or, you know, they were all like digital and not received as well or not as popular. Um, but uh, it was great to see Onward on there. And yeah, I think I think Raya could definitely get on there because it's an animated feature we're talking about. We're not talking about like, you know, a performance or um, a best picture situation. Those are a little bit trickier to get if you come out in the early months of the year. Um, it's going to be interesting in general, though, because next year's Oscars, God help me, I'm talking about next year's Oscars, but next year's Oscars, um, that's going to be a 10 month period. And uh, so I don't know if that's going to mean anything. It could mean nothing, but that, you know, that could be something I feel like that would about. mean anything. Yeah. Because think of the number of movies that are going to come out in that 10 month period. Exactly. And but it will be interesting because now like March is technically the beginning of the year. So will those movies like not like be given as much attention because it's yeah. technically the beginning of the year? I think that's a silly argument. I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, the 10 month thing, you're right. In the grand scheme, definitely not going to affect anything. But it just feels weird that it's just going to be the 2021 Oscars are going to be yeah. like just a 10 month year. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, also equally crazy is the length of your awards watch this week, uh, which was incredible because I was skimming through it being like, man, he spent a lot of time on this and you can tell it's all the stuff that's been ruminating in your head is what you threw in there. And I know you well enough to know that, but for those who don't know, you deliver an awesome awards watch column, uh, awards watch with Sean is what we call it every week, every Monday on guy Why don't you tell us a little bit about what this week's was? I can really only tell you a little bit because if I try to go for specifics, we'll be here for three hours. Um, I basically did the very, very ultra brave slash foolhardy um, task of predicting all the Oscar nominations. Um, And so uh, it was um, it's. It's already I've already realized that from some Critics Choice Awards and everything that some of them are going to be very wrong Um, just very quickly. I think Maria Bakalova is going to be on there. I I predicted her as a possible surprise snub. Um, But the issue I have here is that I'm going to be watching them next Monday. And so, you know, I'm going to be reacting at that point to them and probably Mm -hmm. writing the column then. So, you know, my column will be a little bit late next week, most likely end of end of Monday. Um. Uh, or maybe Tuesday, but shout out to my amazing uh, fiance, Sam, who is also my editor who saw that column. And she said, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) I got it. And I think when I told you like, yeah, it looks good. I thought it was only the one page. And then I was going more through it. I was like, Oh man, he he really went at it. Yeah. I won't be doing that for uh, my, I won't be doing a reaction for every single, single Oscar nomination uh, coming in Monday, but uh, I'll do a more overarching theme. I think it would be better for everybody. That's perfect. All right, let's jump into some of the news we have here. So 
actually some good news, dare I say? Do we have good news? Is that possible? Uh, you know, we have spent the past year uh, relaying the delays in films to all of you. Uh, and one of, uh, or two movies are going to continue with that. So, sorry. Um, but the Universal's F9, Fast and the Furious 9, Fast Saga 9, whatever the hell they're calling it. I can't keep up with this. I think it's going to space. So, you know, <laughs> space F9. Um, it's been pushed back again, uh, but not long, not far, but it has abandoned Memorial Day uh, 2021 to go to June 25th, 2021. So that's still releasing. Universal's Minions 2 has been pushed back a full year from July 2nd of this year to July 1 of next year. That was strange to me, but then I read that it's about ensuring that, uh, you know, toy companies and all the other merchandise and uh, the promotional efforts can all kind of get back to uh, you know, the level that they need for that movie to be successful. So that makes sense, right? There's a lot of toys and clothes and shit that goes with that. It shows that there's like just so much more stakes uh, to all this. We always we always just imagine the stakes are like, you know, the films, the theater business, the film, co like the entire, um, like the entirety of that movie, all the people that worked on it. But then there's that extra bonus of uh, the Minions franchise, which, you know, the Minions are like pretty much, I think 90% of their profit is franchise. I mean, you know, when one of those things comes out, I think, don't they have like a giant building in LA that's just a Minion now? Like, <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> What's crazy, though, is I was thinking about this when we were talking to Gio earlier because he was talking about merchandise. And it's crazy that merchandise can be such a big, uh, big value for whether or not another film in a series gets made. So when you're talking about will there be a Willy's Wonderland 2 or, you know, will there be, for instance, we talked about this a while ago and you're going to laugh, but Power Rangers from 2017. Um, it did really well with toys. So that was the only reason there was still a question for a while as to whether or not they would continue with that. So if toys are doing well and, uh, you know, the rest of the stuff that goes with it, think about Transformers, think about Marvel, yeah. think about DC, um, all that stuff plays They're into They're not it, doing which... cars for artistic expression. Like, you know, the fourth <laughs> Cars movie won't be because, like, we want to know what happens with Lightning McQueen and his very diverse character. Like, you know, no, it's going to be. <laughs> are you saying this because, you know, Luke's in the comments and he's about to launch about it? <laughs> Did you talk about cars? <laughs> he loves cars. He oh, loves sorry, cars. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> um, but you know what I love is A Quiet Place 1, and we are getting A Quiet Place Part 2 earlier than expected. Uh, we'll be getting it on May 28th, 2021. So that's kind of nice after a full year delay. So I don't, I don't know if I could say earlier than expected. But that is actually Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and then interestingly, it's going to debut on Paramount Plus, which is the new streamer from that was CBS All Access uh, 45 days later. So that's a small theatrical window of exclusivity, which is, you know, just a sign of the changing times. Uh, and then Peter Rabbit to the Runaway will now release on May 14th, 2021. Um, kids movie, it's going to do fine. That's, you know, that's how it is, especially with New York reopening and California likely reopening next week and stuff like that. So. I mean, Peter Rabbit, Runaway, let's just, instead of launching that on May 14th, let's launch it into the sun. But um, I I think about, like, when it comes to A, a Quiet Place, um, this is going to be probably one of the biggest moments. And I am very excited. I'm yeah, very excited to see the movie, but I'm very excited to see what happens with this because this is Memorial Day weekend. This is where a lot, a lot of people are going to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, and this is going to be maybe the first moment. And that's probably why they moved it up. They said, I think based on how like things are going with all the vaccine checklists, I mean, for the first time ever, NPR up first, the podcast I listened to about the news didn't make me cry. 
and they were just <laughs> they were like you know hey this thing might actually and we're gonna be okay and it's <laughs> just like okay interesting now but will there still be enough fear in there that people would say well a movie is the last thing we need to do i mean people like us were desperate to get into a movie theater but for like most normal people they're like should we be doing this yet and i hope the answer is yes because i want it to succeed but this will be the first like real huge trial of whether or not a movie can work in theaters ten it yeah. doesn't count well and you know what's crazy though i would tend to agree with you on like people being maybe kind of hesitant or whatnot but then you look at a film like tom and jerry that did like 13 million around that or something which for pandemic time and limited theater openings is good raya only did eight point whatever but you know, again, we're in pandemic times and it opened in a significantly uh, less number of uh, a smaller number, I should say. I'm like, whew, English is not working tonight. Um, significantly smaller number of theaters because Cinemark wasn't showing it. And I don't know the full story behind that, but Cinemark wasn't showing it for some reason. So uh, and, and also Regals aren't open. Right. So it's just it's kind of interesting how all that's working out. But I'm, I'm hopeful that theaters get back. I'm ready to roll into theaters and watch absolutely everything. I've been looking uh, recently, like, oh, what can I see in theaters this weekend? Uh, and when I did it this past weekend, I'm like, these are still not anything I want to see. I saw all the new releases already. Uh, shit. <laughs> that was my exact problem, too. Uh, we're both uh, we're both double vaxxers. We're done. We got it done. And um, <laughs> I, um, that's our thing. Yeah, that's our thing we do. Um, we always have done that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, I looked at the one theater open near me and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not even like, you know, it's not even like stuff like chaos walking that I'm just curious to see and stuff like it, it, it's, it's literally like, you know, news of the world for its eight month, like <laughs> run. It's just like, I, I, I don't I'm not going to do that again. I mean, <laughs> I, I still haven't seen that. I need to see it. Oh, come on. Now. Um, all right. Next story here. I'm going to describe a movie and you tell me if you know what movie it is. I'm not telling you if it's a new movie or not. Ready? Do it. A couple is swept out to sea and has to fight to survive a storm as well as swarming great white sharks while the husband is injured. Open water. That's exactly what I thought. That's literally open water. Even a little bit of... um, What's it called? A drift with a drift. I think it was Shailene Woodley and uh, oh man, the guy, guy from Hunger. Yeah, from Hunger Games. Oh, oh like, yeah, Liam <laughs> Hemsworth. Like what? No, 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 no. Uh, he played. Um, oh my god, that's gonna kill me. Oh. Sam Claflin. Sam Claflin. There we go. Um, no, this is a new movie. Um, so this time we have Alicia Silverstone and James Tupper from Big Little Lies. Uh, who are, I think, out, away on their honeymoon. Their villa gets swept out to sea, and he's injured, and she has to fight off all these sharks. Uh, and it was filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but aside from that, like, here we go again. <laughs> um, well, you didn't tell me this one has Alicia Silverstone. That changes everything. <laughs> or do you mean Alicia Silverstone, the voice of Braceface uh, from the ABC Family hit show, animated show? No, I was thinking more clueless, but oh, yeah, she was also in that, yeah, and she was also in uh, Batman Forever, no, Batman and Robin, 
I those are the same movie. Um, <laughs> just like Open Water and what is this one called? If they call it Open Water, that's gutsy. I, I'd give Wait, them that. It does have a name, and I. I don't think I put it in the news story. Of um, <laughs> that shows the importance. <laughs> really pumped about it. Uh, yeah, I did not. I will figure that out for you. Wait, let me guess it. Um, no, you're not going to guess it. It's a uh, French word. The floater. Re- the... <laughs> no, a floater would be like a poop thing. Um... <laughs> the requin. Re- the requin. Oh, requin. Oh, oh. It means. I think it means shark in French. <laughs> that'll that, that'll fool them <laughs> french to english shark <laughs> so anyway that's happening <laughs> that was a you know this is thank thank god for geo parsons <laughs> good lord what would we have talked about this week I like I, I keep thinking about different things. Like he should do like I like I like my idea of the builder bear, of course. Um, but also like maybe like a theme park where everyone comes alive and there's still some old Willies shit in there. Or what was the other one I was just thinking? Like <laughs> like a SeaWorld type park <laughs> where the animals are also. <laughs> I forgot to ask him about this. I knew it. Um, but the energy drinks and I I need answers behind the energy drinks where he had to have one every like two hours or something. And um, by the way, if his watch alarm went off and then he went to have an energy drink, I would have like absolutely lost my mind. Like, that, <laughs> that would have been a solid bit. I understand why he wouldn't do that, but still. Um, but no, I, I uh, man, maybe he could make a shark movie that would be interesting, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, he should make like a baby shark esque movie where it's like they just all it's actually the song baby shark don't like go get eaten or whatever the song's really crazy um Wait, part of the, that's part of the song there like, there's something like that it's like run away <laughs> like, do, 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 do. oh like th- those are the extra verses i you know i never crazy. get past that. yeah anyway anyway yes. Uh, Paramount has been uh, unable to get past the development stage with this next film, which is Star Trek. Uh, We had three Star Treks that were produced by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robots, uh, and they starred Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and Carl Urban and Zoe Saldana, and I enjoy these films, to be quite honest. Um, And we've had rumors over the years of different directors jumping on board to tackle this. One was Quentin Tarantino famously had an idea for it. Uh, and what we have learned is that the Star Trek Discovery writer, Kalinda Vasquez, is now on board to write the script with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot producing. However, we don't know if this is still going to follow the same Kelvin timeline as the original three films, be a reboot, or be something completely different. Um, I'm excited for this. Are you a Star Trek guy, Sean? We haven't really talked about Star Trek. Um, I, I think those movies are amazing. Um, I obviously love the first one. Second one, I think, has some problems, um, but oh my goodness, did Star Trek Beyond like you know just like return to form, and it was really a lot of fun. And I'm I'm bummed it just sort of like stopped after that. And yeah. uh, I would love for them to maybe continue that timeline, or it seems like maybe they want to try something uh, fresh. Even though I I don't think like Beyond was uh, like received pretty favorably. I think, especially mm-hmm. after like people weren't really digging into into darkness, or maybe that was just me. But um, like, and so I think that it was on an upswing, and so it was strange to see how you know far it would go. Um, through through the story, um, 
do we know about the cast? Is anyone still involved or yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be tricky of if they want to, they might want to do a whole new reboot thing then. I mean, right now, Paramount is like, they have like, I think if I can count them in my head right now, there's four Star Trek series going on. Um, I believe mm-hmm. there's, the, there, there's two that are, you know, kind of the main ones. Uh, they have the below deck animated series, which is just the fun little thing. And then mm-hmm. Picard, I could be wrong about the amount of Star Trek series, but uh, it seems like it's around that many. And so, I don't know if they'll want to take off through those. I don't know if they'll want to keep this completely separate from literally everything. Um, it, it could go in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. I hope that they continue it. I know that there was a lot of talk before about um, some sort of time travel or whatnot, which would see uh, Chris Hemsworth's character from the very first movie. He's obviously the father. Make him come in. And I'm sure Paramount wants that type of actor to you know, regrace the franchise. Cause I think everyone in that movie has in those movies has really hit it big since. Yeah. Um, so that would be really cool to see. Well, it would be interesting because it's it's so fun because I, I just love Chris Hemsworth because it seems like he doesn't want to stop doing these big budget stuff. Like, you he know, I mean, everything. <laughs> I'm sure the pay is good, but like you see so many actors saying like, OK, I'm done with this. I can't do this. I can't be this you know character anymore. And Hemsworth is like, I don't know. This is fun. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's do more of this. <laughs> like, like, oh, right on, Hemsworth. <laughs> At the end of uh, Endgame, everyone was like, we're, we're retiring. We're done. And he's like, four, 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 four. <laughs> <laughs> they all die and he gets on a space ship with the guardians <laughs> <It's a bye. laughs> oh man all right so next story here um this is one near and dear to my heart i'm very excited about this universal pictures is developing a rom a romantic comedy rom-com if you will called bros that will be co-written by and star billy eichner this will be the first rom-com from a major studio following two gay men uh which is a big big to do for diversity and in and representation in film um, but I, I really enjoy their uh, the little blurb here about the film because this is totally Billy Eichner behind it, and you like you can tell. Next summer, Universal Pictures proudly presents the first romantic comedy from a major studio about two gay men, maybe, possibly, probably stumbling towards love. Maybe they're both very busy. <laughs> uh, so this is already slated for an August twenty two release. But I I love Billy Eichner, so I'm excited to see this. I, I read it in Eichner's voice too. It's just like, you know, like literally you could just hear him saying all of those things. We're um, very busy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I, I love him too. I think he is hysterical. I think he does so much behind the camera and I think he's produced so much that like, I really do like admire like where he's come from, from shouting at people on the street hysterically, but still yes. <laughs> like, like and then he's doing like all this other uh, stuff. Um, he brought in a divisive character at the end of parks and rec that, people didn't love but i thought was absolutely hysterical um and uh, then he was also as we talked about i think last episode he was the best part of the lion king live mm-hmm. action version and i yes, i will that, that's where that's the only place where we'll agree in that movie but um <laughs> like he was absolutely the best part um i um you know, there, I'll, I'll, I'll be like the negative Nelly for a second and be like, oh, it's 2021, and this is the first mainstream studio romantic comedy of it, and that, that like bothers me. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, I mean, what am I gonna do about that? There's nothing we can do about it now. So, but, but that, that's still just this one of those upsetting stats that I hear about. Um, but it is that is such a great thing because it's normalcy. 
instead of, you know, I mean, as uh, Glenn Weldon says on NPR all the time, he's just like, I am so sick um, of watching a movie about uh, two gay people and one of them dies of AIDS or they oh are God, facing yeah. persecution or, you know, they like or, or the romance is the center. What's great about this? And I don't know, but I truly think this might be a situation where the romance is not the center or I should say, sorry, the romance is the center. But being gay is not going to be the center of it. It's not going to be a big deal based on like how, I don't know how I think Eichner writes and how that blurb is, which is just like very casual and blase. I, I love all of that. And so I hope that that's what this is going to be. I'm so excited for this. Eichner is really funny and he's a really talented writer too. Yeah. So I'm in. Did you ever watch difficult people with him and Julie Klausner? I think is her name on uh, uh, Hulu. I think I watched a couple of episodes and I stopped because it got a little bit too real. <laughs> like, I was just like, I think I'm kind of like these people. <laughs> I had to stop and I was like, I may go back to it because I thought it was very funny as well. And Billy on the street, I think of, uh, I always think of the uh, holiday episode with Amy Poehler when they're running around and he's like, oh, what's the baby's name? And they're like, Arrow. He's like, Arrow? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yet, um, I, the one I keep on constantly uh, YouTubing and watching over and over again for some reason is him and John Oliver, where oh he God. asks gay people, "Have they heard of John Oliver?" <laughs> and he's right there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's between uh, Eichner being hysterical and high energy, and Oliver just always loving to hate himself, and it's just the the the, the mix is perfect. I think that's that's the one where he runs up to a guy. He goes, "You're gay, right?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> excuse me it's like okay <laughs> uh but back to your point about you like it surprises you or it upsets you that is 2021 let's remember that marvel didn't deliver a female fronted superhero movie until the 21st movie in the cinematic universe and we're only getting the second now uh <laughs> are we should, getting it <laughs> should black widow i guess that's another story that we didn't it's not a really big story but today during the shareholder meeting uh, CEO Bob Chapek of Disney did say that they are still on track for a theatrical release of Black Widow on the 7th. The, oh, okay. oh they, they, they did put it a date. Yes, May 7th. Okay. okay, I was about to scream, like, then put a date on this thing, because, like, what are we doing here? This is ridiculous. Put a ring on it, Bob! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, dates don't really mean anything to some studios, because Warner Brothers had a little incident yesterday. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, and my question is, was it an accident or was it a ploy to just drum up more interest and excitement? Because apparently it was up for about an hour. The story is that people, uh, for some reason, two weeks in, were still trying to watch Tom and Jerry. And when they, <laughs> and when they hit Tom and Jerry, this uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League started playing. And about an hour, they got about an hour in. And one guy on Twitter was really funny about it. He was like, you know, I've never been a big superhero man or whatever, but he got an hour in and said he was enjoying himself. And then it just like slowly disintegrated and they lost the feed. So someone's totally getting fired. Um, but just beware of spoilers out there because people have, I just, when I was Googling something earlier, I saw that uh, there's audio from the movie and stuff like that. And people are just trying to you know, be assholes, but. If I could get through every single Friday, the entire Friday with WandaVision from the people that get up at 3 a.m. on the East Coast to watch this the damn episode. And then if I could like dodge and dip, duck, dive and dodge through those spoilers, <laughs> I think I'll be OK for the next. What is it now? Week, week and a half, week and a half um, where I, I, I just wonder. Um, so so Justice League, it, they, they, ha they announced the titles of the episodes. But it's going to be one full movie, right? 
it's one full movie. There's six chapter titles. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what the point of all that is, or you know what's going on with it, but yeah. Okay, that it, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I also like. I just I love to have this like little like thinking think piece about uh, <laughs> um, you know, how long did it take some people to realize that it was Justice League and not Tom and Jerry? Because <laughs> I mean, if you're watching Tom and Jerry two weeks later, I don't know. I I don't want to insult people's intelligence, but you know, maybe they're just like you know, Superman's in Tom and Jerry. And <laughs> I just I have this whole thought process of like, how did this happen? Like when like is there like a website or like an internal site or whatever that they have to go in and like check boxes and they're like, okay, here's the title, here's the box to check, but for some reason Tom and Jerry was right above Zack Snyder's Justice League and they clicked the wrong box and it linked it to like what the hell? How do you do that? And there's of course um some of the crazier and I would argue the people that aren't necessarily involved in the Snyder Cut movement um have been like, Oh, well, this is Warner Brothers trying to discredit Zach early and I'm like I don't understand how um because people online that did see it had positive things but yeah it's like they're gonna discredit Zach by showing it it's like showing his shit. movie finally <laughs> that's, I mean that's a pretty solid insult to the man <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no um it's I don't know I hey I've been reading the uh release of Snyder Cut book the story behind all of it that uh Sean O'Connell who I've talked with a few times on the podcast but also at the film festival last year, he wrote it. And it's actually just a really good um, deep dive into what happened behind the scenes, but also uh, some perspective on how Warner brothers was trying to catch up with Marvel and sort of where all that went wrong. It's, it's a good read. I highly recommend it. It's like, I mean, Sean writes really well and he writes for cinema blend um, or Cineblend. I'm sorry. And he very much writes in the style that you're used to. If you ever read Sean O'Connell's pieces. So I do recommend that. Maybe I'll send it up to you because I know you love to read. Um, yeah, I'm a big reader. <laughs> uh, I have to just share this real quick. Go. I just got an email that says Ashanti and Tessa Brooks to star in Build-A-Bear Entertainment's live action film Honey Girls. <laughs> Build-A-Bear. That's been the through line of this episode. <laughs> if I sw- if um. If Parsons is involved, we get 10%. Like, there's <laughs> no way. Be funny? <laughs> uh, G.O. Parsons is on board. So- no, kidding. <laughs> uh, man, that's pretty funny, though. Uh, how interesting. That's great. Um, Sean, are you going to be watching the Snyder Cup? I am, yeah. No, I'm really excited for it. I like it, it's one of these things where, first of all, you talked me into it. Um, I mean, as people know, I'm not a big DCEU mm-hmm. fan. I also am someone that doesn't know anything about any comics, um, but I do love comic book movies um, and a lot of them. Um, and uh, I've uh, I've insulted Zack Snyder before, and uh, I, I still maybe disagree with his style. Maybe it's a little bit too dramatic at times, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, what what article? What uh, who did the article? It wasn't Vanity Fair. Variety. Variety. Uh, it was Van- no, it was Vanity Fair. Oh, it was Vanity Fair. It was Vanity uh, Fair. The article on Vanity Fair. It, I, I think we've talked about it on here. We're just going to keep talking about it though, because it is. If nothing else gets you really excited for this, if nothing else gives you a little bit more perception of what's going on, it's easy to dunk on a director that sometimes makes goofy choices with his styles. But um, 
this was way more than I thought it ever was. Like this is going to be a totally different movie, a totally new movie. And if anything else, it's just going to be fun and interesting to see what the other director can have. I'm still worried about it being a little bit rough. There's a part of me that is worried about me not knowing what's going on at times because I'm just not a comic book guy. Um, And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this is going to correct a lot of the stuff that I really wanted to see. I mean, we talked about it uh, off mic um, where it was um, Ray Fisher. Um, and uh, Cyborg, that was the character I loved the most in Justice League. And he had a, he was in the movie for about 13 seconds. <laughs> and so I really am hoping, like, and, and this one, he's the center. Uh, he's really going to be the center of it. And I'm really excited to see what that does. Um, yeah. And so there's there's so much about it that, like, I can be hopeful about. Um, I mean, I'm not really jazzed about four hours, but, you know, we'll, it'll, it'll be. <laughs> I, it could be an awesome four hours. I. I only complain about runtime if it loses me. And so, you know, I don't I don't know if it will. I'm very excited. Well, boss level was about an hour and 20 minutes. So if you struggled with that, <laughs> I did. Well, boss level ended at the end of the second act. Like it's like, OK, you have to make it through this final day ending. I just spoiled it for people and I don't even care. <laughs> that was a rough ending. I was like, wait, what? I, wait, I don't want to watch any more of this, but that's that's not. I actually just... like that ending. <laughs> you like that? I well. <laughs> anyway, what was Naomi Watts doing in that movie too? Like that's just you know. Oh. Yeah. Huh. How about wow. that? Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting casting choice. All right. Well, here we are. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm very excited for Snyder Cut. I obviously have been uh, excited about it for a while. I love the little previews they release for each of the characters. I think they're doing a great job marketing. Um, or at least I think Zack Snyder's doing a great job marketing online. Um, and um, if you like that article, Sean, the book really elaborates on a lot of it, which is just, it's really fascinating. And, you know, it's whether you like DC or not, or agree with the style and whatever, it just shows you a broken studio that got cold feet, tried doing too much too fast, um, tried reversing course after they signed off on the direction their big director was going in and just completely railroaded a lot of it. And of course there's personal tragedy mixed in with it and all of that. I don't know. Speaking of tragedy, Cherry comes out on Apple TV this week, so you can watch that. That was not oh, a good movie. I think I'm going to see that one. <laughs> I don't know um, if I want to. <laughs> Cosmic Sin is also coming out this week. It is uh, with... Um, Frank Grillo and Bruce Willis in the year 2524, four centuries after humans started colonizing the outer planets, retired General James Ford gets called back into service after a hostile alien fleet attacks soldiers on a remote planet. The threat against mankind soon escalates into an interstellar war as Ford and a team of elite soldiers try to stop the imminent attack before it's too late. I love that. Kind of sounds like Halo, but I love that. (laughs) I don't know. I think I need to space out my Frank Grillo movies because <laughs> I'm still scarred. The other one that comes out this week is uh, Honeydew. Strange cravings and hallucinations befall a young couple after seeking shelter in the home of an aging farmer and her peculiar son. Wow. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, that's interesting. So there's that. Um, All right. So a couple announcements real quick. Uh, Until the end of March, one thing that Sean and I have talked about doing for a while is getting merch going. We're not at the point where we have the fanciest merch in the world, but we do have a wonderful shirt that has this logo that you're seeing right now on it. Or if you're listening on the uh, podcast networks, whatever image you see on your screen. 
there is a shirt that is available. The link will be in the bio uh, and you can purchase the shirt for $19.99. Uh, the cost of the shirt is uh, $14.99 plus the $5 profit. All profit is going towards uh, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. One of the reasons we wanted to do this is because mental health has been such a challenging aspect of our lives for the past year in particular. But in general, mental health is just something I think we all need to pay attention to more. Um, Sean and I both have people close to us that have dealt with mental health issues uh, and ourselves have had our own, you know, mental health challenges and stuff. Um, not to put that out there, Sean, but I think like we're, oh, we're I'm very, open. very open about that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, definitely if you're, if you're interested, check that out. Uh, we are not pocketing any money. Yeah, please. This is a very important cause for us. Um, you know, we'd love for you to look styling in that merch as well, but really most importantly, uh, we want to get some money um, to uh, that charity, which is one that's very important to the two of us and is the one um, I believe that is also going to um, the profits are going to uh, the Zack Snyder Justice League. Correct? Or Sorry, wait, I'm saying this in a weird sentence. <laughs> um, uh, Zack Snyder's they've been raising money for that organization as well. Yes. Um, because it is a wide stretching organization that does provide a lot of uh, resources as well as help and crisis lines and things like that. So um, that the movement has been tied to that for a while. And then when Sean and I were talking about which ones we wanted to support, just kind of made sense to help boost that up a little bit. Um, on a happier note, <laughs> Thursday night uh, is Trivia Night with Guy at the Movies and the Chumps. This is the Disney Channel Original Movie Edition at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Switch. Uh, it was supposed to happen last week. There were some difficulties that resulted in it being uh, delayed until this week, but that should be a lot of fun. Disney Channel original movies. Putting these questions together is bringing me back. Oh, that had to be so much fun to explore it's that. <laughs> a blast. It's an absolute blast. Sean, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at MathTeacherMovies. I do Monologue Mondays, What the Oscars Got Wrong Wednesdays, and Final Shot Fridays. I review movies of old and new. I review TV shows of old and new. And also I have a column on GuyAtTheMovies.com that will normally appear on Mondays, except for next week when I'm covering the uh, Oscar nominations. But it is called Awards Watch with Sean. Nice, nice. Uh, and you can catch me at GuyAtTheMovies.com or GuyAtTheMovies on Instagram, GuyAtTheMovies1 on Twitter, and of course, YouTube and other social media. Just search for Guy at the Movies. I do want to highlight some of the features. As Sean just mentioned, he does do uh, awards watch with Sean on Mondays. On Wednesdays, Jaron from Jaron Talks does Jaron Watches, where it is a video review uh, that is unique for Guy at the Movies uh, for 24 hours. <laughs> we And then he puts it on his page, too. Um, but it's all about the collaboration and stuff like that. So I'm really thankful to have uh, him involved uh, tomorrow. He will be reviewing son of the South, which a couple weeks or a couple months ago, I interviewed Mike C Manning uh, and he was from uh, the film, the call uh, and he's starring in that film as well. So um, that will be a very interesting one between Jaron and I were hoping to tackle a lot of films that maybe otherwise you wouldn't see on the mainstream uh, channels. Um, on Thursdays, we have weekend box office predictions from boxofficereport.com. On Sundays, we have the box office results uh, analyzed. It's actually, it's very interesting. And um, those uh, posts are really going off the wall. It's really cool to see people interested in that. Because um, I've been a nerd about the box office for so long. Uh, and then on Fridays, we have a wonderful feature from Darren from Darren's Movie Reviews. He has been reviewing WandaVision for us. 
This Friday, he will have a preview of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then he will be doing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier reviews every Friday. Uh, and we're about to get into Marvel craziness again, Sean. Oh, I can't wait for the insane reviews about or insane um, like theories about a little fun buddy cop. Uh, <laughs> That's something we need to talk about in the future. How everyone that like the people that are shitting on WandaVision because they're like, our theories didn't come through. I'm like, they literally told you originally it was about her. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> What it was set up to do. Uh, but you can listen to this anywhere that you get your podcast. Please make sure that you are reviewing, uh, commenting, rating, subscribing, whatever the terminology is on your platform of choice. Uh, we would love to hear more from you about what you like about the show, what you don't like, how good we look when we're doing this, and how great we sound. Uh, Sean, what do you want people to know? Guys, we've been talking about it. We're so very close. Just like, you know, we're like, we're like so close and out of this. Just for the love of God, wear your masks. Um, and if you're Texas, stay in your homes. Don't leave your homes at all. Just don't go outside at all. It's a zombie apocalypse in Texas. But anywhere else, like just please, please, please wear masks all the time, everywhere, everywhere. But then get vaccinated when you're allowed to, but please get vaccinated. Please, we Once we get the vaccinations done and we do the mask thing, we, we can be done with this. Come on, come on. We're almost there. Just keep wearing masks. Get vaccinated when you can. Sean, once we're at a more comfortable place this summer, I'm going to uh, fly up and we'll go to a movie together for the first time. <laughs> I That that will be the perfect predict. Yes, that, that will be the um, ultimate uh, guy at the movies, like, you know, event. We'll stream it from in there. <laughs> <laughs> Put your phone down. <laughs> There's so much stuff that like I just want to have now. Like I want, I mean, I, I don't know where I'd put a pinball machine, but I, I want a pin. I can put it right here. But, uh, I want a Willy's Wonder uh, Wonderland pinball machine desperately. <laughs> I just want a stuffed Willy. Like <laughs> that sounds weird. No, no. I want a stuffed Willy's Wonderland doll. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> On that you, note, no, thank you. You want to? You want a stuffed Willy the Weasel? That's that's what you say. You know. That's much better. Yeah, um, right. third time's the charm. Sean, I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>